If you can see it, you can be it. You know, now a lot of girls my age are being able to, you know, there's a lot more opportunities for them to see who they can be. Welcome to episode 178 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Cassie Matlock has been willing to do anything and go anywhere to play the game of softball. Growing up in Edmonton, there weren't a ton of options available to her, so she went wherever she could get noticed. Eventually, Matlock landed on her feet at Lindsay Wilson College, where her team made it to the NAIA World Series, and she was named to the all-tournament team amongst a host of other honours. She then moved on to the University of West Alabama, where she continued to dominate. The 5'9 outfielder just put the wraps on her senior season and is on her way back to Alberta. We caught up with Matt Locke earlier this week to talk about her award-winning season, the trials and tribulations of being a student-athlete, and her hopes of helping grow the game in her home province. Cassie, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. What a year it was for you at University of West Alabama. Let me look at the stats here. 432, three homers, uh, 37 RBI, really just putting an exclamation point on some great seasons there. How did you feel about the season that you had? Oh, man. I mean, it's been such a journey, like getting to where I am right now that uh, this year has kind of uh, put the icing on the cake for me. Uh, You know, I didn't in the middle of the season, didn't really realize um, the trend that I was on. And it felt like a lot more of a struggle than it turned out to be. And, you know, stats wise, I thought I was doing maybe a little bit worse than I ended up. But um, it was just a really, really neat way to end my college career. To put a nice bookend on all of it, you had a couple of accolades as well. Most outstanding player in GSC postseason tournament and first team all South region player as well. What did it mean to you to get that kind of recognition? Um, you know, growing up playing softball uh, with softball, not being a high school sport, um, you know, in the States, that's uh, everybody plays high school softball. That's kind of their, our travel ball is their high school. And um a lot of the people that I grew up with didn't really, um, you know, they had hockey or, you know, baseball, or there was a lot more recognition there. And so I never felt like I was getting taken seriously um, growing up. And, uh, you know, in the softball community, uh, there were a lot of really supportive people. And so it's been really nice to kind of see uh, all the hard work and all the support that they've given me kind of show up in those accolades in a way that's, you know, more tangible where people can really recognize what goes into um, playing. And, you know, even just being a student athlete, it's a lot uh, more hard work than I think people can see sometimes. I want to get into the student athlete part in a second, but let's uh, keep focused on the team here for a minute. And obviously the season comes to an end a, a little sooner than maybe you had all hoped as a team. How did you feel about the season? Uh, I mean, it didn't, like you said, didn't turn out exactly the way we had wanted it to. I think we had, um, an endless amount of talent. It was really cool to see, um, you know, all the people come together and be a part of a team and, um, you know, we, nobody thought that we would make it as far as we did to begin with, um, coming off a couple of bad seasons and, you know, just the trend of how West Alabama softball has performed in the past couple of years has not been, uh, what we were expected to do, or even, um, just has not been as, 
good. Um, so to see us come, you know, we barely made it into the conference tournament coming in seventh. Um, and we played a lot of really tough games throughout the season, a lot of tough series. Um, we, you know, West, uh, West Florida, uh, Auburn, Montgomery, um, UAH, uh, University of Alabama at Huntsville, they were all really tough teams. Um, I know that uh, AUM uh, and Valdosta were nationally ranked, um, and we didn't play Valdosta in the season, but um, the other uh, ranked teams we played during, during conference, and you know we got swept in some series where we had extra inning games and we uh, out hit the teams and we did really well, but things just, you know, wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have any ball luck or, you know, things just wouldn't come together for us. Say we would have really good pitching and really good hitting, but our defense just couldn't hold it together. That a lot of that stuff kind of happened to us during conference. So coming into the conference tournament, it was awesome to see we played the number seven ranked team or sorry, we were the number seven ranked team playing number two uh, Valdosta. And they, you know, like I said, they were nationally ranked. So coming out of that game with a win was amazing. I mean, it was really awesome to, to start the ball rolling. I really thought yeah, after that game, you know what, we're going to win it. Yeah. You know, we're going to make it to regionals and, and that would be awesome. But especially after we beat um, Montevallo in our second game of the tournament too, it was just like, this is it. Our team is going to do great. Um, so it was kind of, it was an awesome way to start the tournament and nobody ever believed that we would make it as far as we did. And we unfortunately lost two games to Auburn Montgomery. Um, you know, they had given us a hard time all season too. So it was kind of a devastating loss, but um, I wouldn't have expected um, a better year from us you know, going into the tournament, like that was not, especially uh, going into the tournament, we got swept. Did we get swept by UAH? I can't remember, but um, mm -hmm. you know, we lost a couple games at UAH going into the tournament. So I did never expected us to do as well as we did. And it was just amazing to see our team come together and to play for, you know, a team that never gives up. And um, it was a really awesome way to end the season, despite having those losses. Mm -hmm. I was reading an article about how the tone of the team and a new path has been forged through this season, the last couple of seasons, particularly on a personal level. What's it meant to you to be a part of that changing of the guard and allowing that team to maybe turn things around? Oh, it's been awesome. I, I mean, I think I've got through a lot of growth personally through this past year. I had a lot of struggles um, outside of softball and um, just being a part of a team that uh, was really supportive. And, you know, we started to, it was, it was really nice for me to be able to invest more into the team than athletically and physically. Like um, I got to create a lot of uh, really good um, friendships and connections with my teammates that were um, far better than, you know, just athletics and being able to grow myself as a leader in that respect had um, I was an awesome experience and uh, very, privilege to be able to do that and to really grow myself more as a teammate um, than a player. Mm -hmm. Did you learn anything about yourself, especially given that you turn from sort of that junior into a senior in, in what feels like a blink of an eye? Oh, I learned so much. And, and uh, especially uh, our head coach, coach uh, Stephanie DeFeo, she really helped um, teach a lot of us that a lot of that confidence that goes into, I mean, confidence is everything in softball and baseball and sports in general. And so she gave a lot of us that confidence of um, just knowing that we could win, you know, 
we, we had such um, rough seasons before this, but we always had the talent. So it was just really nice to have somebody um, really cultivate that confidence. And um, me personally, like I had a lot, um, I think it was really a mental struggle for me most of the year. And um, I learned a lot about how to deal with um, the mental side of the game. Um, you know, personally, when I struggled, I, it was mostly because I became really problem focused. Like I knew, um, you know, especially being an outfielder, you make an error and, you know, run score and it's uh, televised almost to such a big scale. Um, so me learning to focus more so on the solutions and the problems became a huge um, difference maker for me. Um, when I became problem focused, it was a lot of, uh, say hitting wise, it was like, oh, you're getting underneath the ball. Like you're popping up all that's, you know, it's all negative, um, connotations. And, um, instead of focusing, okay, I'm going to see the top half of the ball, or, um, I'm just going to focus on, uh, hitting the inside part of the ball uh, or hitting a ball on the ground. Like there are so many solutions to the problem. And once I started focusing on those, um, I was much more successful. Now, where do you go? Where do you go from here? What's the plan going forward? I know you've been on a bit of a, a road tripping journey the last couple of weeks here. Um, so I just finished my first um, identification camp for the national team, for the women's national softball team. Um, if I did well at that, they're going to reach out to us in a couple of days. And um, there's another tryout uh, that hopefully I'll get invited to. But um you know, I still want to keep playing. You know, I, I think that this, this sport has been such a big part of my life for so long that, um, and I do have the opportunity to keep playing. So, you know, why hang them up if I don't have to, <laughs> um, even if I don't, uh, get this opportunity with, uh, team Canada right now, um, I'm playing with a senior team, uh, called the Calhoun Aaron's and we're going to be, uh, hopefully, uh, competing for our third in a row, uh, national championship. Um, and which would be really cool if we, uh, win that championship will be inducted into the softball Canada hall of fame, which would be really, really neat. And, uh, you know, it's been awesome to play with those women too. Uh, I've played with them a couple of years and, um, I've played against them my entire life too. So, um, just being part of the community is going to be hopefully really cool to stay involved. And, um, also, as we were talking uh, off air, uh, I'm still coaching uh, for the St. Albert Angels um, and trying to hopefully pass on everything that I've learned and give other um, girls the opportunities that, you know, I was lucky enough to have would be really awesome. An absolute full plate so far and, and to things to come. Let's uh, turn the clock back a little bit and talk a little bit about growing up in the game, I guess, and growing up in Edmonton. Do you remember stepping onto the diamond for the first time when you first fell in love with the game, maybe? Oh, gosh. Um, I've been playing for a really long time. My dad was my first coach. Um, I remember uh, being around the sport a lot. He, he coached my siblings, too. Uh, my brother played a little bit of baseball. He didn't really like it as much, went more the hockey route. And my sister as well, um, she ended up swimming in high school. So they both played growing up, but I was the only one who really stuck with it. Um, and I do remember, I don't remember my first time on the field. I mean, like I said, I've been playing forever, but I do remember the first time that I kind of had that spark of, oh, this is something that I'm really good at and um, something that I can invest in, which, you know, is not exactly how a 12 year old thanks, but I remember, um, 
I just really enjoyed being part of a team and playing with my friends. And uh, there was another team that uh, community team that was going to provincials and we had not made um, provincials that year. And they had asked me to join them um, as a pickup for that tournament. And that was kind of the first time that I was like, Oh man, like I've got some talent here and it's just fun to keep playing with your friends. Right. So um and then I ended up that coach that I went to provincials with, he ended up uh, starting a, um, a, not a community team, but a um, club team. And so I grew up playing with a couple of the girls on that club team. And then, you know, uh, we all grew up playing the sport together and um, it just something that I was really lucky to just keep um, having opportunities that, uh, through a lot of coaches who really believed in us. And, um, we had, uh, one of the coaches that really helped his name was Rob Campbell. Um, he's part of, uh, the river city softball organization. And one of the biggest things I think that helped my development is he, um, he would invite, uh, American coaches and players to come up and run camps. Um, and so every winter he would have, uh, four or five camps with um, a plethora of amazing coaches and players who had come up um, who had played at the highest levels of softball. Um, And so that's kind of where my spark grew from is just being able to, uh, you know, I think my parents as well saw it in me and how much I loved it. And then I just kept wanting to do it as much as I could. Right. So um, thankfully through all those coaches and those camps, like that's where I really began to love the sport. Did you have anyone, you mentioned some of the players that came up and, and were able to give you advice and that were there any players that you grew up idolizing or worshiping or, or were there teams that you were looking up to? Was it all baseball? Was it softball? Walk us through what lit that fire for you. Um, I think a lot of it was seeing all these coaches come up and, and show us like what they were able to do. Like I never realized that I could play, um, in college until these players kept, um, and coaches started coming up and showing us, you know, what they did in their college careers. And, um, I think, you know, also being a kid, uh, who, you know, we don't have a lot of women's sports on TV. Uh, I was a huge Blue Jays fan. So Mm -hmm. I remember um, in the Blue Jays 2016 run, I was a huge fan of uh, um, Kevin Pillar, especially, um, you know, just seeing him with his amazing catches in the outfield. Um, And also I remember one of the coaches who really helped uh, helped me um, and encouraged me a lot. Her name was uh, Larissa Franklin. She's an outfielder for softball Canada. Um, she's from BC and she's super, um, super encouraging person and super positive and always just like trying to grow the sport. Um, and so she came up only a couple of times, but she also kept investing in the sport through, um, gosh, I can't remember what the organization was, but she, um, did a podcast um, about burnout in a time uh, when I was in college where I wasn't even sure if I was going to continue with my college career. Um, It was COVID actually, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which was such a tough year deciding if I was going to be away from home again during those circumstances, Um, excuse me. It was uh, being able to reach out to her after she gave, you know, did this, uh, zoom meeting about burnout it was um the perfect timing and kind of serendipity for me to have that encouragement to continue playing 
you mentioned the the fact that you realized that hey, it's I, I'm pretty good at this game. Do you remember the moment when you went? this is fun to, Hey, this is a dream I can chase. Like what lit that spark for you to realize that, Hey, there is a, a chance of you doing this in, in a U.S. college, for example. Um, I, I would say that um, probably I was playing for river city uh, softball at the time. And, you know, we would go down um, South to play in tournaments, like showcase tournaments early in the year when it was, you know, the snow hadn't melted up here, so we couldn't mm -hmm. play here yet. So we would do big trips down to San Diego and um, Oregon um, and do some of those showcase tournaments and just like seeing all the other girls um, who were there to get uh, recruited and um, to play at a higher level, I was, it was kind of eye-opening just to think, um, and to play with them and, uh, feel like I belonged. Uh, so, uh, I think a couple years after that, there was a camp, uh, in Sylvan Lake, uh, there was a camp they do every year is usually for younger players, but they have a really good roster of coaches who come up there. And at the time, uh, it was, uh, Jimmy Colitis was his name and he was the assistant coach at, uh, uh, University of Oregon. Um, mm -hmm. And so I worked with him that summer and they invited me to a camp um, at the University of Oregon. So I ended up, I think that was uh, in 10th grade for me. So I went down there. I think it was right after my, I think I took an exam. It was like a diploma exam I had taken because uh, I did like a fast track uh, social class. And so I took mm -hmm. my diploma exam and then we got on the road to Oregon. Um, and so I went to this camp and, you know, there were, it was an Oregon camp. So it was kind of a big deal. Um, and seeing all the players who are my age and feeling like I could compete with them, I think was the moment where I realized that this was something I could really do. Um, so that's kind of when I started my recruiting journey, I would say. I, and, you know, after that camp, my dream was to go and play at Oregon. Mm -hmm. you know, it was a beautiful um, city there. And the, of course, they're sponsored by Nike because Oregon uh, was where Nike started. So they had all of the facilities and the uniforms. And it was just like I was shocked um, by everything and the opportunities that could come with that. So. I think that's the moment where I really, you know, realized that this is something I wanted to do. On the flip side, you're still from Alberta, where, as you've mentioned, softball is not exactly the name of the game. Baseball, frankly, isn't really the name of the game because everybody's focused on hockey or football, that kind of thing. How easy or how challenging was it for you to find teams to play on? I know, for example, you played in Lloyd Minster. I mean, you seem to be uh, used to the road trips. Oh yeah. Um, it was, it was difficult getting recruited, um, from Alberta was very, very hard. Um, I ended up getting the, I think it's NCSA. Uh, they have a recruiting service. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started, um, paid for that recruiting service. And uh, I think that was where I got a lot of the information about, um, you know, there were so many rules about how, like when you're allowed to contact a coach, how you're allowed to contact a coach, um, you know, if you're allowed to go talk to them in person, all those kind of things. And, um, there's so many rules. So I think that's, we, we were kind of floundering when it came to that. And so we decided to pay for that service. And so, uh, along with that, you, um, were able to email all sorts of coaches and, um, they had a service that helped you learn how to write emails and, um, 
you know, they, they really wanted us to have a recruit video and all sorts of things like that. So, um, it was very difficult. You know, I felt like a fish out of water, um, especially, uh, being in 10th grade, all of this big schools, the really competitive schools, which, you know, I had, I've always had a competitive fire in me. And especially with how much I love softball, I wanted to play at the highest level, but, um, all those big schools, they, you know, they recruit way early on. Mm -hmm. Right. So all of those opportunities weren't really available for me. So, you know, I just started sending out email after email after email through this um, recruiting service. And, you know, I didn't really get much response. Um, I ended up fine. I think I talked to a couple schools that were division three in New York and which, you know, they couldn't give as much money and they were way more expensive because they're private schools. Um, and I think the only real connection I found through that website was um, the University of Colorado uh, Mesa. Um, and they, you know, I really wanted to go there. They were mm-hmm. a beautiful spot there in Boulder, Colorado. Um, uh, they were a division two. Uh, they were recruiting me pretty well until um, later they had told me that um, I was a catcher at the time. I caught my entire life. Uh And they told me that uh, they had a division one decommit from a school that they were taking her instead. So they weren't going to be recruiting me anymore. So that was kind of heartbreaking. But um, I also had a connection, uh, not through the website, one of my coaches, uh, you know, people knew who knew people who knew people. Um, Luckily, one of my coaches uh, knew uh, NAI coach in um, Columbia, Kentucky, tiny little town. Um, uh, Lindsay Wilson College, uh, but they were very competitive um, in the Mid South Conference, which is where they were at. And I was lucky enough to still have that connection, and decided that I would go for a visit. And pretty much decided right there um, that it was that's where I wanted to go, um, which was uh, really really um, thankful for that opportunity because other than you know those couple offers, I didn't have much to rely on. Um, you know, especially. You know, at Oregon, I think I may have been able to get recruited there, uh, but it would have been more expensive to continue to go down to all those camps all the time. Um, and I would have spent more money getting recruited than I would have got in a scholarship, <laughs> more likely. So um, Lindsay Wilson was kind of the only place that really um, were willing to, to pay for me, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to, to be able to go there and really enjoy my time there. That's fantastic. And he actually segued really well into my next question, which was around Lindsey Wilson. You received a lot of accolades while you were there as well. When you look back on your time there, what stands out to you the most? Oh my gosh. I made so many uh, really good connections there. And really, I think going to an NAIA school, a small one was the perfect route for me. Um, And I'm really thankful that honestly, that I didn't go to a great big school like Oregon, because at the end of the day, um, I got the chance to play and Mm -hmm. I got the chance to play at a winning school, um, which is, you know, not a lot of people can say their freshman year being a starting outfielder, which first of all, I didn't even, I wasn't even an outfielder to begin with. (laughs) I'd never had any um, professional training in the outfield or anything like that. So, um, getting the opportunity to just play and, and even my coach, he was, um, a big believer in letting hitters hit. (laughs) Um, 
And, you know, I, I hit from the left side. So growing up, a lot of times I had coaches who wanted me to slap and I never felt as comfortable slapping as I did hitting and never saw as much success um, slapping as I did hitting. So I was really happy to go somewhere where I could see a lot of the field. Um, I got so many opportunities to play and, um, and to play a lot. And, you know, we were one of the nicer uh, fields in, um, in the mid South. So we, uh, they have a continuing record of hosting regionals there. Um, so my freshman year, I got to play in regionals, um, mm-hmm. which was really, really neat. So just that opportunity to really like be myself and learn through playing, um, I think was invaluable to me being where I am now. And obviously the big question and big follow-up on that is about the catching to outfield swap that you decided to uh, maybe was forced upon you walk us through that transition and maybe how challenging or how easy it was for you because it's a completely different uh viewpoint for, on the field right um it was uh it was a whole journey but um I was always the player who wherever you wanted me, like that's where I would be. Um, Mm -hmm. Just hopefully not in the dirt unless it's behind the plate. (laughs) I'm not as comfortable there. I haven't played the infield since I was about 12, but um, there was just more opportunities for me there. And so actually coming out of high school, I, um, I made the junior national softball team. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was the same kind of thing. There were, there weren't, as many opportunities uh, for me behind the plate. And I think um, especially, you know, I'm the kind of player who puts a lot of pressure on myself. So when I was behind the plate, I always wanted to be in control of everything. And, um, you know, I would always be, I would call my own games and, um, you know, I had that trust for my coaches and it was, uh, I played with some teammates who weren't the best. So um, it was, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself and then they also put a lot of pressure on me. They weren't as good teammates. So it just, you know, it wasn't really good for my mental health to be honest, being behind the plate. I was very anxious and um, very, very hard on myself. So um, especially, you know, I still loved catching and mm-hmm. I still believe that I was very good at it. But when I um, went uh, out for the junior national team, there were players who were better than me, you know, and you're always going to be in a place where there, you know, there's always going to be somebody better than you. There's always going to be somebody worse than you. Um, so not comparing yourself to others uh, was really hard for me, but it was um, a big learning curve, especially, you know, I wanted to be part of team Canada any way that I could. So when they told me to go to the outfield, I would go to the outfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the first time that I had really been coached how to play in the outfield was at the tryouts for team Canada. Um, and luckily I was athletic enough to um, make adjustments and to uh, get better in a short amount of time. Um, but I ended up being more so a role player on team Canada than anything. I didn't play a lot of games, but I did my best to make sure that I was always useful and um if there wasn't a job for me, I would create a job for myself. Um, you know, I wasn't a catcher technically for the junior national team, but I caught everybody's bullpens. I warmed up everybody. Um, if I was, I was always ready to pinch run and do anything I could to make it on the field. So that kind of translated over to, um, Lindsay Wilson. Uh, I was just a better outfielder too, you know, taking that pressure away of not having to be in control of every pitch and in control of every, you know, touching the ball in every play. Um, 
it gave me a lot more freedom to really be myself on the field and, and to not have that pressure on myself. So um, I ended up, it just was something that I ended up being good at. And uh, I was also, there was another Canadian on the team. Her name is Callum Pilgrim. She was an alternate for Tokyo 2021-ish, mm-hmm. um, 2020. Uh <laughs> but she was a great uh, mentor to me in the outfield. Um, I learned so much from her and I learned so much from the coaches at Lindsay Wilson. Um, so it was a really good opportunity again for me to just play and learn how to play in the outfield. Mm-hmm, very cool. Uh, you've received a lot of accolades over the course of your, your still young career. You've played in Canada cups. You've, you've done everything you've done to this point, any favorite memories or moments or things that you're most proud of? Oh gosh. Um, there are so many. Uh, I have been very, very lucky, uh, in this sport to be involved with the the teams that I have been. Um, I would say that one of my favorites, I have a couple favorites. I would say, uh, winning nationals with, uh, the Calhoun Aaron's, uh, last time that we had nationals pre COVID, uh, was an awesome experience. I had, you know, Alberta, like I said, has never been super competitive in terms of, uh, you know, the people on the West Coast and the East Coast have um, a lot more opportunities to train throughout the winter. And, um, you know, indoor they, they train indoors in Ontario and they train, you know, they don't have snow in BC. Mm-hmm. So um, it was, I, growing up, I never had that opportunity to play on uh, a number one team. So it was really awesome to do that. And then... Um, I would say from my college career, I think uh, we, uh, with Lindsay Wilson, we went to nationals my sophomore year and we placed fifth of that tournament. And that team was just, I mean, we were a family and it was really, Mm -hmm. really neat to make it that far. And, um, you know, I felt like I was playing at the highest level. So it was really, really awesome to see. And um, even just to, translate that to this year, we, we didn't uh, make it nearly as far as I did with, um, you know, with Lindsay Wilson, but, uh, my last at bat of my college career was an intentional walk. So (laughs) it was kind of a neat way to, uh, to cap off my, my softball career, uh, down. So, um, I've never been intentionally walked in my life, but I, um, I think I was, uh, I had three hits in that game and I had three in the game before that against the same team. So, um, it was really neat. That coach was very complimentary and, um, I had actually tried to go play for him, uh, <laughs> before I ended up at West Alabama. So it was really kind of neat to be intentionally walked by the guy who didn't, uh, you know, want me to play for him or didn't have the, the money for me. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a neat way to kind of wrap it all up. Absolutely. Uh, conversely, what's been the biggest obstacle? I know you've mentioned a couple already, but over the course of your career that maybe you've had to overcome the, uh, to get to where you're at now? Oh, gosh. Um, I would probably say that uh, being away from home has been a huge obstacle. Um, and especially like in a mental health aspect. Uh, my, I guess, first or second year, I think it was my third semester at West Alabama, um, I was diagnosed with ADHD. And uh, it was a really hard uh, transition to try. And um, I mean, it was a really good relief to um, realize that I was not, you know, the problem. I'm not lazy. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, all those kind of things that come with ADHD. But um, learning how to transition and to um, 
pick up my schoolwork as well as play at a really high level. And even I realized that um, my symptoms of ADHD translated a lot into my softball as well. So um, realizing how, how to manage that and, and learning how to um, cope with a lot of that stuff was a huge, um, a huge obstacle for me, especially um, I'm sure you've noticed in the um, student athlete hemisphere um, that there's a lot of issues with mental health going on right now. Um, And there's so much strain being a student athlete. Um, I think that was kind of the biggest uh, obstacle was just um, learning how to cope with everything and learning, um, you know, all those little skills of time management and, you know, knowing what's important, learning that sleep is so important and and eating enough is so important and all those um, little things kind of accumulate into a good performance as an athlete. That's been kind of the biggest obstacle is that huge learning curve. What's been key for you to be able to find that balance? Has there been a strategy or something that's really worked best for you? Um, For me, it's been um, teaching myself how to build my own schedule and routine. Um, I know that a lot of coaches I've played for, um, I was lucky this year to have more structure, but in some years, and even if you, if you've got tons of rain, if you, you know, there's so many things that you can't control. And so your schedule is just all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of times like not having control of that is really hard, um, to balance and, and make sure that you're, you know, you, it's so hard to still have a social life and, and, um, you know, do well in school and be a good athlete. And I think that, um, learning how to ask for help has been one of the biggest keys in letting me balance everything and, and reaching out to my coaches, reaching out to my friends and, um, reaching out to my professors, creating really good, um, uh, really good relationships with them has created um, so many more opportunities for, uh, for me to have some leeway here and there, you know, when we're playing midweek games and I can't get an assignment in on time, or we have an, uh, an exam that they're taking in class, but we're away at a trip. Like there are so many of those things that just creating those relationships with other people and your coaches, your teammates, your, your professors makes such a huge difference. And like trying to help bear everybody's loads together um, really, really helps in that aspect off air you and I were talking a little bit about trying to grow the game a little bit and and from that standpoint as you come back you're thinking about doing the coaching thing again you you get to be that kind of mentor and talk to different people across the baseball and softball world here what do you think is key to growing the game moving forward um I think it's really just um like you were saying earlier uh if if you can see it you can be it mm-hmm. and um you know, now a lot of girls my age are being able to, you know, there's a lot more opportunities for them to see who they can be. Um, but at the same time, like uh, being able to translate the skills that I didn't learn early um, to those girls so that even when they they realize that they have the confidence uh, or when they build that confidence to be able to say, yes, I'm good enough to do something like that. Um, but to have the skills in order to continue being successful once they get there. Um, so hopefully that's kind of the goal is to be able to, you know, communicate everything that I've learned there. And uh, honestly, to think the biggest thing that I've learned, um, about young athletes, um, in Canada is giving them the confidence, um, to be able to strive for the biggest goals that they can possibly have is, um, the best way to really, you know, help grow the game. 
Fantastic. And a related question is one of the two of the final ones that we always ask here is you're going to be able to come home, offer that piece of advice or word of wisdom to the next generation, those 12, 13, 14 year old girls who are looking to follow in your footsteps, perhaps. What is that piece of advice or that word of wisdom that you'd like to impart upon them? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I think I've had so many um, little of those little uh, phrases here and there. Um, throughout my career I'm trying to think this year uh, just like believing that you can do it um, and believing like just at the at your core that you are good enough um, is I think super important for reaching whatever goal that you can achieve fantastic and final question what does the game of softball mean to you Oh gosh, it's, oh, it means so much. And um, I think it just means like an open door. Um, You have, there are so many opportunities through sport in general. And I think it it means relationships. It means growth. It means there's so many, it's an open door to anything that you want to achieve. And I've learned so much through this sport. That's um, not even related to the athletic side of it. And so I think that's the biggest thing is it's, it's taught me so many life skills. I've met so many people and I um, have friendships that, you know, um, on however many kilometers away that I'm going to have for life. Um, So it's been a great, great opportunity. I think that's what softball is for me. It's been a great opportunity to get to chat with you as well, Cassie. Congratulations on all the success you've had at this point, continued success going forward and whatever is coming forward for you. And thank you again so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again to Cassie Matlock for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review on your podcast app as those actions help with our visibility on all of the different platforms. We'd also like to take a moment to thank our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for the baseball community in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs kick off the WCBL regular season May 27th at home to Brooks. They'll also be hosting the league all-star game later this summer. For more, head to dogsbaseball.ca. And AHP Academy has had a busy spring with games and tournaments turning heads with their performances, including a big win in Las Vegas. Go to ahpbaseball.com for all the details. Until next time, thank you for all your support on social, online, and on-air of Alberta Dugout Stories.